when the world was void and without form, two patrons decided there should be a probably bad podcast. They're Hedwig and Mario. Today they are joined by three others, Nick, Alex and Anna. Thank you for your service. Hello and welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. Today's Probably Bad RPG idea is... Play in real time. So my immediate thought is murder mysteries. Yeah. I guess, and I guess LARP is ultimately playing in real time. Some extent. True. But I've, I feel like we've spent a lot of time on fairly dunking on LARP on this show. That wasn't dunking on Like, it is, it is playing in real time. It is essentially, you're LARPing, but you're sitting down, is the idea we're coming with. So, I love all of you LARPers. Personally, because that would be weird, but in an abstract sense, it would be fun to have some LARPers on for like a LARP special. Yes, but yeah, That's... playing in real time, I feel like, is actually quite a good way to add some drama. Hmm. Where it's like, okay, this thing is going to happen in half an hour. It needs to not happen. Yeah, like you could definitely do like a survival horror game where it is. Whatever terrible thing is going to break into the base within the next however long, and you need to escape before then. You know, um, a friend of mine did. Um, uh, the players were under a curse that made them age in real time, age superhuman. Um, and the way it was done is every half an hour, they aged another decade. Um, oh, and that so worked very well. To stop. So, I like that as a very much sort of here is your time frame. Yeah. I do feel like a lot of the time in RPGs, when there is something that is time sensitive in game, it can be hard to actually get that across because you've theoretically got forever if you yeah. just keep talking about things. I definitely think there's something in if you talk about what you're going to do with the big bad for too long, the big bad has gone and done it while you're discussing it. Isn't that I'm sure in the second community D&D &D episode um, Arbed actually does that they spend so long arguing about how they're going to fight the necromancer that he leaves through a back door. I've never seen a community um, D&D episode, so I'm just going to say no, and I came up with that entirely by myself. <laughs> Parallel evolution of bad RPG ideas. Other people can prove me wrong, but I can't prove wrong. That's all that matters in the end. Yeah, like, I definitely think with horror, it works very well in a sense of this is how long you have before 
you are consumed by the curse or the things have broken in or what have you, what have you. You know what it actually really reminds me of is that, um, is it Ten Candles? Yeah. Yes. For those who don't know Ten Candles, it is a horror game. And you have ten candles. And when the candles all go out, your characters die. It's how much your characters can do before then. Probably bad ten candles idea. Buy ten advent candles. <laughs> I think I had one which was you can't reignite candles, but you can, by the rules, set the table on fire. You can what, sorry? Uh, you can, by the rules, just set the table on fire. What is a fire but a large candle? Yeah. Actually, I mean, oh, yeah. candles are basically just controlled grease fires. So could you make an uncontrolled grease fire and say that you've got until that burns itself out? <laughs> you've got until candle. your house finishes burning to the ground to finish the RP. But we're moving away from set your house on fire. <laughs> Coward. Yeah, I definitely also think, yeah, there's like. I actually really think it would be a good idea in a lot of RPGs to have. This is how long you can plan things once the action starts. And after that, bad guys will start doing things because you're just sitting there discussing what to do. do also like the idea of like you have to rescue someone because we've all we've all been in the game where some important npc is going to be executed and you have to rescue them doing that in real time i feel would feel very heisty yeah yeah i really like that just yeah you have 3 hours before friendly wizard man is executed and you need to get him out before then. Actually, I say that feels very heisty. What's stopping you from doing a real-time D&D heist? Only oh, what is real-time heist? <laughs> that I would play so hard. Five supernatural monsters team up to rob a bank. And they have four hours to do. Tell me you wouldn't play that. Would be very... I actually like vampires and you're trying to rob the bank and you only have this long before the sun goes up and you all burst into flames and die. That's the heist. That is the highest stakes. Yeah, vampire, because vampire games do provide that inherent time frame of you've only got so many hours before the entire planet will set you on fire. So what you do, start your game at actual sunset, hmm. and you've got until actual sunrise. Yeah. Or we combine the two. And you have until the GM has finished setting your house on fire to finish the heist. 
the DM is just splashing gasoline around you. And it's like, hey, quick, hurry up with what powers you're going to use. But I feel like mine would be a better sleepover. Yeah. Not enough D&D sleepovers. When this is over, we should get our group together and have a D&D sleepover. I've never actually been in a sleepover. Let's assume it involves D&D and vampires. It does if you do it right. Everything involves D&D and vampires if you do it right. True. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get, yeah, I think obviously playing a whole campaign in real time might get a bit difficult. Um, Especially the travelling sections. Like, I feel like, yeah, for things like heists or attacks or other high-stakes situations, real time is, it works very well for adding tension. Mm. Oh no, this was a good RPG idea the whole time. We did, we did. Burn the house down to provide tension. That works enough. It's a bad idea. A similar one with like werewolves, where it's like there's this long until the moon comes up, and then you have to like you have to do things before you ruin the heist because you're now a feral wolf monster. It's like extreme what heist. It? So you start off at like noon. You have until mm-hmm. nightfalls to do your werewolf game, because then you become werewolves. And then once nightfalls, you start your vampire game. You have until sunrise to stop the werewolves who are now rampaging through the city. You just alternate between those two games and never do anything else. Whenever it's daytime, you're playing a werewolf game. and Whether it's nighttime, you're playing a vampire game. That's your life from now on. Makes sense to me. So we move I feel on that's to the, questions. I feel that's the bad idea, so let's move on to questions. Hi, I'm Hazel, and I make a podcast with Liz called Bread and Thread, which you might enjoy if you are a fan of food or clothes or other interesting parts of domestic history. We find out interesting facts about things like regional foods, ancient breeds of sheep, um, pretty much anything domestic history. So if you'd like to know why it's illegal to import a sheep into Iceland and what was presented by Queen Victoria to Harriet Tubman, then you might want to check out Bread and Thread. Find us at Bread and Thread on Twitter or find us everywhere podcasts exist. Our first question comes from loads. First question comes from Dirk Ravener. How do you feel about using RPGs off time? Like D and D is a combat-focused system. While it's certainly usable, say a pure intrigue campaign, there are other systems that give that side of things more focus. If you're only new D and D, would it be better to use it or look into unfamiliar systems? I'm looking for more good and bad answers. Okay, I think I think the good answer, which is straightforward, is yeah, look around. There's a lot of free and cheap RPG systems and you're bound to find one that's exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. 
non good answer is to use 10 candles for all of them. So, whatever game you're doing after your candles go out, your characters instantly die. Use Call of Cthulhu for a game about toddlers going to the zoo. Actually, I'd like to use Call of Cthulhu as a game for toddlers, represent the fact that toddlers are in a world full of giant, powerful, incomprehensible things that keep performing like casually evil acts like not letting them eat an entire ba uh, box of ice cream. Oh no, accidental good idea. Call of Cthulhu, but you're a toddler and your, and your parents are Cthulhu. But, natural idea, like, I think that D&D, &D, I don't like D&D for entry campaigns, just feel it's very clunky. I think with D&D &D, it's definitely a good idea to look for other campaigns if you're not focusing on that much the systems. Yeah, I've definitely used D&D &D for, in for Intrigue, but at a certain point the game basically wants you to fight. Yeah. Like... Yeah, a lot of the powers that deal with, like, Charm Person is essentially a get-roundest social interaction spell. And a lot of the other social spells are similar, and a lot of divination spells, spells are get-roundest investigation spell. Anyway, um, so bad ideas. Try doing it not in an RPG system at all. Instead of using D&D, &D, use dominoes. Dominoes could be quite a fun replacement for dice rolls. Could. I think the problem is, I say problem, a lot of RPG systems are made with the idea that you can do like quite different things with them. I mean, look at Fate. Fate is basically, here's some vague mechanics to hang whatever you fancy around. I feel like you've got to go for the smaller, more niche RPGs to do something really off-type. Like, you couldn't really do political intrigue with um, Happiest Apocalypse on Earth. Challenge yeah. accepted, but yeah. Which is basically... How would you describe Happiest Apocalypse on Earth now that I think about it? Well, Disneyland. Disneyland is sentient and evil? Yeah, and you're the employees and you need to Disneyland eating the customers. I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there that could do a really good political intrigue game involving death and destruction at Disneyland. But it's it's not us. I think the sort of thing is, you can theoretically play any game in any system, just that sometimes the system will be working against you. Mm. I think, yeah, intrigue games in D&D are, the system is working against you. Like, you can do it, it's not what the system's designed for. And, yeah, I'd, I'd, I can't think of any intrigue games off the top of my head, but I would definitely look around and... Yeah.
So the second question is from Hedwig Hood, one of our lovely um, patrons. Is there an RPG you haven't played yet that you really want to have a go at and what makes it interesting? I do genuinely, given it did come up, I do genuinely want to try 10 point. Like once we're able to get people in the same room, I don't think it would work very well online. That's what we play when we have our RPG sleepover. Yeah. Yeah, it's just just seems really neat. Like it's got the inbuilt time limit thing. And the premise of the game is that the monsters in the game tend to delight. So it's got that kind of combination of in game Things get darker in real life. Things get um, monsters get more powerful because there's more places to hide and so forth. Mm. And so its character, its scene establishing thing is a ritualistic chant around candles in a dark room, which is always a good sign for a game. Chant. Sorry. I do enjoy a good chant. Yeah, yeah. That's a game I would like to play. And the other game I've been looking for an excuse to play is Unknown Armies, which is a game where you are sorted miscreants who have learned about the supernatural world. It has a really unique supernatural world, and it also has it has the a combat system which starts with a long discussion on how to avoid combat because combat is empowering and your characters shouldn't be doing it unless they have to. It also has the only sanity mechanic I've ever seen in RPG that isn't utterly terrible. That is a fun bonus. Yeah, so yes, those are two games that I would like to try at some point. I think I do want to try Call of Cthulhu just because I'm very into the whole cosmic horror aesthetic. Even though I know that there are terrible things about the way it handles sanity and also obviously the man what made Cthulhu. Yeah. <laughs> HP Hatecraft. Um AP Lovecraft. I've I've been informed by our producer that HP Lovecraft is Hatsune P Lovecraft. Um the other one I really want to try on our podcast are true. <laughs> the other one I really want to try is actually one that um one of the followers on the Project Bad RPG Idea blog made called Shotguns and Socialites, which seems kind of, from what I've seen, seems steampunk adjacent and also like very critical of the gig economy. Which, I mean, if you think about your early levels in a lot of D&D games, you basically are just doing gig economy. So I definitely want to give that a go at some point. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that honest and straightforward answer to your question, and I'm sorry about that. Yeah, ask a sincere question, get a sincere answer. Uh, final question is from Emma. Uh, what's the strangest thing you've ever allowed in a game? I'm actually struggling to think of something that isn't 
the by now very well-known gaseous form story. So you go mm. first while I have a think. I've had... So I'm, I'm running a, a superhero game at the moment. Um, one of my characters, one of the characters in the game, made a deal with the devil. Um, it's like, okay, fair enough. Got out of that. Then asked the supervillain to cybernetically enhance them to get more powers. Then got out of that. Then injected an alien parasite into themselves to get more powers. They've just been going through an endless stream of seeking very powerful, very evil forces and making bargains with them for more powers. They've had like four different character sheets, not counting level ups. Based on which entity their soul currently belongs to. I feel I should probably intervene at some point. It's also working really well. They're constantly overpowered, but they're constantly overpowered in a way that means that if they start doing too much, they can have whatever they've sold their soul to this week show up and start like demanding payments. That's my wild story I'll, I'll give that that's pretty wild you look finding things that aren't me exploding someone as of that campaign a good two thirds of the party at one point were all enslaved to different like villains had the various soul bargains, one of them replaced by her evil clone, and one was transforming into an alien invader. Sure. Independent all independently of each other. Superhero campaign is going well. I think I don't know if this reflects on me or my players. I haven't had anything that Wild, I don't think. You need to at, up one the point, at one point, we had three different player characters gradually goleming over various magical items. But that, that, that was more me trying to stop them using the MacGuffins rather than something that I was just allowing. Yeah, looking back, like, I think the issue is a lot of the games that we've ran have been wacky enough that, like, allowing isn't really quite the right word. Yeah, I think I just have, I think my games maybe just have a base level that makes not a lot of stuff actually that weird. To be fair, like I do remember when we did play um, the Happiest Apocalypse on Earth, I was willing to allow your characters to see the vampires and then just leave, let them like eat the park. Which I feel is like fits under like allowing, if not really that wildly weird. Just oh, love it because it's. Different. But that's another one that you were running. Yeah, I think this the lesson is shame. That... My game like, I'm so... don't get wacky enough. 
next next time I'm a player in one of your campaigns, I will like high gophers to myself. In and out of character. I'm very disappointed in myself. <laughs> but but also like I'm very much a rule of cool DM, so maybe it's not my fault. Maybe yeah. maybe it's you guys. Like, yeah, to be fair, I feel a lot of things we've done probably would count as the weirdest thing I allowed my player to get away with in other campaigns. But they don't feel weird because of that base level. Yeah. The, the Overton window for weirdness is in a different place than where, yeah. it, where it ought to be. At some point our characters are going to like Quickly and sensibly resolve the issue with no fuck-ups, and that will be the weirdest thing that was allowed in your campaign. I guess there was the time that someone tried to distract city guards by putting on a play that was a protest against missed bin collections called The Councillor's Rubbish. Yeah, fuck, that did and happen. dressed as a bee for some reason. <laughs> I remember that because that was when my my sound wasn't working properly, so I just kept getting like random snippets of people discussing rehearsals. Yeah. This entire campaign of putting on this play. I did enjoy that campaign. I, I have been was told it? by one person who was in that campaign, not not pencil, that it was the best campaign they've been in. Not meaning to brag. <laughs> and now I have an audience. Never had a chance to brag to a hundred people before. So I'd like to send in any of send in any of your flexes for us to brag to a hundred people. <laughs> Patreon goal, maybe. <laughs> New Patreon goal. If we get if we hit twenty patrons, we'll just flex. 20 patrons and it's just a blog of us listing every achievement in our lives. Speaking of Patreon, if you want to support us um, with, with our flexing and get access to homebrew content and bonus episodes, I'm very excited about the, the most recent homebrew because we made Sin Eaters that didn't suck. Um... You can go to patreon.com slash probablybadrpgideas. If you have a question, you can send it to us on Tumblr, probablybadrpgideas, or email probablybadpodcast at gmail.com. And if you give us a rating or a review, it will make us happy because then the algorithms will tell other people to listen to us. It's all about the algorithms. So, thank you for listening, and remember to have a probably bad day. Remember to have a probably bad day.